NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Welcome back to More To It, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey into deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude just out here proving to y'all that even as I near the age of 50, I still got hair. You know what I'm saying? That I ain't got that male pattern baldness issue. I know a lot of y'all say, man, you've been bald-headed for so damn long, you probably can't grow hair. Well, as you can see right now, despite the patches that are right here, this little peninsula right here, yes, I can still grow hair. Uh, no, nah, in all seriousness, no, nah, I, I forgot my shaving kit at home. So <laughs> it's about to be a struggle out here. I'm about to look like the background, like trees going to be growing for my head, man. Appreciate you guys, all the love. We're going to have an amazing show because that's what we do around here. All right. Every show starts off off with what? What's up with that? Dude, let's talk about it. Um, Yesterday, uh, can't lie, I was a little self-conscious because that was our first real pool day. And this dad bod that I'm growing right now is in full effect right now. Like, I'm the poster child for dad bod, especially based off expectations. Like, you know, people see me coming, you know, some people recognize me, obviously, out here. And they're like, football player, Marcellus Wally. And, you know, I got the tank top on with the undershirt, you know, trying to just play it off getting close to that water still layered up. And then finally, I was like, man, forget these fools. I'm probably in better shape than most of these guys. Yeah, um, I was dearly wrong in that conversation. I, I took my shirt off and I jumped in that water immediately because, you know, dad bobs, one thing we can do for cover is stay under the water. So I was playing football in the pool with my kid all day. He kept grabbing other kids. Next thing you know, all these parents are enjoying their vacation because they're reading. Uh, they're having rosé. They're on the phone. Literally, I'm playing with all these little Johnnies in the pool trying to hide under the water because I got the dad bod. It was crazy, man. But uh, I-, I had a ball there. We played this game called Earthquake in the middle of the ocean. So all the kids get on this big-ass board. I don't know what you call it. 
and they were just all on there. You wet the board, you wet the board, then you shake it. And literally, it's an earthquake. These kids were just tumbling, falling in the ocean, loving life, getting right back on there. I push it again, they fall right back in. So that was my day, right? Sounds like a really relaxing vacation. Certainly was not. Um, other than that, we went to dinner last night. Hilarious. Uh, we carried one kid into the restaurant, already asleep. Araya was tapped out. This time change especially going backwards like it's three hours behind la most of your travel most of my travel you always have to go and change the clock forward this time we had to change it back so we're literally waking up at three four in the morning every day thinking it's six seven o'clock to our bodies so we carried her in we had to carry her and mj big ass out because he fell asleep over dinner and that's a family vacation around the Wiley household. So uh, I don't know how much charging I'm doing to my battery out here, but it's still beautiful and I'm enjoying every moment with the family. All right, let's get into the show right now because this, this topic right here came from you guys. It was a fan question who asked me, how much do personal evaluations, the interviews, the information they find, about, find out about the players and the prospects factor into the draft process? And I was like, damn, that's a good question. Uh, they actually went all the way, this fan says, street affiliations, gang culture, are you a partier, et cetera, right? So they were really trying to talk to me, or at least a stereotype. So I was like, nah, dog, not me. Um, it's interesting. Let's start off here. That they hire the FBI or former FBI detectives, and I know this for fact, to find out information about draft prospects. We all know about the combine. We all know about the crazy interviews, especially yesteryear's New York Giants interview, where they ask you, do you pee the bed? They ask you, do you get nightmares? They ask you your scariest thoughts, et cetera, right? It was this long examination back when I was in the combine, and the Giants took the cake for having the craziest questions. And I answered them all truthfully because I was so terrified of not going pro if I lied and got caught. Seriously. So I told him I went to bed till I was 13 years old, which was the truth, but didn't feel so comfortable saying it around all these grown men who were looking at me like, I don't know if we should have this softy up in here if he was peeing a bed just a few days ago. Um, but let me tell you what they knew about me, which was interesting, which I thought was crazy, but it was real. They knew I was a partier. They knew that I loved to hang out. They knew that I was gregarious. They knew that I loved people. They knew that I loved the ladies. Seriously. I was like, damn, how y'all know all this? And they they pose it to you in a way where they want you to actually support what they know, or they give you the opportunity and the openness to actually go against it. But they already did their homework. So it's almost like a police investigation where when they ask you a question, they only ask the questions they know the answers to, right? So they were asking me, like, you know, like, Let's just give me Marcellus after a game. What you like to do, man? You look like a guy that, I don't know, probably like wings and, you know, get a little pizza, just go back to your dorm room, right? And you can just see it. It feels like Minister Society where he like, you so you dropped a bottle of beer at 1130, right? <laughs> and he just interrogating you. You know you done fucked up, don't you? And you're like, you just feel like that. And you're like, dog. Um, yeah, I like wings. I like pizza. I, I like Lisa. I like <laughs> I like things. I like ladies. Like you just start talking and they're just laughing with you, trying to buddy you up in the process because they want to seem like they're your friend, even though they're your employer and they are not your friend. Just trying to butter you up to get more information. 
But obviously, there have been guys who had uh, street affiliations, ties. We know about the guys who get caught smoking marijuana, at least back in those days, a Warren Sapp or Randy Moss, whatever it may be, and it hurts their draft status. But those were big public incidents, right? What about when it's a private incident, but they still know? And you're sitting there at home just like, damn, why is he falling in the draft? Damn, why don't they pick him up? That dude was a beast. Oh, he killed the combine. Guys never factor in this level of the equation. What they know privately, what teams know collectively privately, and they're going to use that against you, right? Not all the time do they come out and say what they know. A lot of times what they know is what they don't show. So I got drafted to a team that didn't even interview me. The Buffalo Bills didn't even say hello to me, didn't even wave at me at the combine. But with the 52nd pick, they chose me. So I thought that was an interesting question. Take you guys behind the curtain, let you know what these teams are really thinking. And they invest heavily in the process of drafting their next defensive end or whatever position it may be. Great question. Keep those questions coming. I'll always take you guys there with the truth. About to talk about a hot topic because you guys always want to go at people when they get participation trophies. I know you don't attack the kids, but you attack anyone who has that mentality, that mindset. Oh, you're just giving them a participation trophy. Well, you're not alone. Now there's going to be actual legislation, legislation potentially, based on y'all crazy mindsets. Oh, we're going to have a fight right here. Let's talk about it. North Carolina senators have introduced a bill to ban participation trophies in youth sports. Senators Timothy Moffitt and Eddie Settle. Yeah, I called y'all out by names because I got a problem with your partner. And Bobby Hanning, y'all all introduced a bill that will prohibit city and county recreation leagues that get government funding from giving awards or trophies to young athletes solely for participating. Quote, awards provided in connection with the activity, if any, shall be based on identified performance achievements. That's what the bill reads. Bill is now on its way to a committee to determine if it will head to the chamber. Yeah, it should head to the damn gas chamber and burn this damn bill. The hell y'all talking about chamber? All right, so here's the question. Should participation trophies get banned or is this crazy and a reach? I say the latter. It's crazy and a reach. Let's talk about why I love participation trophies and I've always been in full support of them. One, it rewards the most fundamental level of success, commitment. Y'all getting caught up in achievement. That's not the most basic level of success. It's actually committing to something. Not the achievement, but the participation, the focus, the intent, the attention, the commitment to going to practice to going to the game. Not how athletic you are, not how talented you are, not if you're MJ and you're beast. No, just the fact that your ass is not doing anything else but trying to play this sport. You don't get anything for that? Y'all don't feel that that kid deserves anything? It's not just what the kid is doing and how well he's doing it, but it's what he's not doing. And we all know that the idle time is the devil's workplace. You imagine what these kids will be doing if they ain't even get a certificate, a trophy for just a commitment, the hour, two hour long practice every other day or every week, whatever it may be in commitment. 
they're doing that instead of just sitting at home, instead of just hanging out with their friends, instead of just riding around the neighborhood in circles. These kids are trying. Not all of them will actually achieve greatness, but you don't get anything for trying now, committing to something. I remember when I was a youngster, and I was really good, all right? So let's take that out of the equation because there were guys on my team that weren't really good. You think I felt better than them in terms of commitment? No, I just felt better than them because of the results, because of the achievement, because I knew I contributed more than they did. But they contributed. What do you think a practice is? Me going against you. Without a them there, who am I practicing against? Myself? It's crazy. Like, we go to these places where we just want to measure What's the end game? What's the destination? No, it's that commitment to the journey. What about the late bloomers? Okay, what about that kid? You know, I give you an example. My ace, my best friend, Jabari Magnus, who tried out for our youth level team, got kicked off because we had too many players. Coach was like, he ain't good enough. Get him off the team. You fast forward four years, guess what he was? All city as a linebacker. First team. Guess who was all city second team for this publication, the LA Times? Me. The same guy who was the MVP of the team he got kicked off of. Four years later, he's playing linebacker. I'm playing strong safety and running back. He makes first team all city. And I make second team all city. Now, that kid got kicked off. What about another kid on that team? Who that same guy who was just a scrub, just on the squad, whatever, turns out to be all state in basketball. All I'm saying is incentivize these kids to just show up and be committed and then obviously give greater incentives to those who contribute greater to the team. But to just say the bottom line is nothing. We used to have practice three times a week, three times a week. And a game, and you mean I'm going to do that for four months, and at the end of it, Marcellus is going to get a trophy because he's the MVP. We'll get a trophy because we're champions, but what if we don't win the championship? Only Marcellus gets a trophy for being the MVP, and the rest of us, well, it was fun playing with Marcellus. Oh, that's messed up, man. I see what's going on, and I just think it's a delusional mindset. Reward these kids for doing the right thing even if they don't get the best results. It's just that simple. I had so much pride because I got participation trophies. Now, I ran track and I also played football. So football, you get a participation trophy, and then you also get the trophy at the end of the year and the special awards. Track is a whole different animal. And if y'all would have came by my apartment growing up, y'all would have thought, uh, I don't know, I was like in the Hall of Fame or something. Because in track, you run four events every weekend. You can get a medal or a trophy in every single event. On top of, at the banquet at the end of the year, you get that participation trophy. You were just on the track team, right? And every weekend, I would get four trophies. A lot of them first place, because I was really fast, right? First place, first place, first place, first place. And I come home like, yes! And that's what I earned. I get it. But what about the kid, and I know these kids, that were just slow, you know, whether they're a late bloomer or, hey, mama and daddy didn't give you much, and your ass just slow. That kid still went to the track meet. Track meet started at 8 a.m., y'all. Track meets used to end at 8 p.m., y'all. 
tuna fish sandwiches sitting there. You know, you got your bag of Funyuns. You're running around in circles, hanging out, but you're there all damn day. And a lot of times it's two days, Saturday and Sunday. These kids are committed. You imagine a kid who always gets fourth place. Or when we were in youth league, you had to get seventh place. You get nothing for seventh place. First through six got something. Seventh place, nothing. You imagine the seventh place kid every single week got nothing. And then that kid turns around, goes to the banquet, and he's sitting there in his two big ass suit that his daddy gave him. And he's sitting there trying to look cute and got a tie down to his ankles. And he gets nothing there as well. Come on, y'all. We got to do better than that. Reward these kids for the commitment, not just the achievement not just the results. About to talk about Andrew Wiggins. And this is a guy who's had a lot of fodder around his name of late with it all ending in question marks because it seems like no one knows why Andrew Wiggins has been missing, has missed 22 games to be specific while dealing with a family issue. Ah, this is one that's been sitting on my hot topic list for a long time. How should I approach this? Well, I'm going to do it the way that I approach everything, with respect. And out of respect for Andrew Wiggins, because I don't know the reason. And yeah, I have heard the same reason y'all have heard as well. But I wish that on nobody, no man. And because I can't confirm that, I will not go there. And it's funny because a fan hit me up and said, quote, I know it's none of our business, but what the hell happened? Dude pulled a Kyrie and basically didn't show up to work for a month or two, then gets to magically show up and play again. Imagine if I did that at my job. I'd be unemployed. Yes, you would. And no, he isn't. <laughs> it's just not the way it works in sports. Um, there are reputable reasons right, that people miss time from work, even though in the moment you're questioning, like, what the hell? Remember when Tom Brady missed 11 days of training camp? 11. 11 days of training camp is like four lifetimes. You know how like we, you know, dog years and seven years in a human year. Like you miss a day of training camp. Oh, they the sky is falling. Coaches like, hey, where in the hell is Brady? But that was Tom Brady. He missed not one day, 11 days and came back. What was the reason? He didn't tell us. We found out probably what the reason was. He ends up getting divorced shortly thereafter. Correct? Personal reasons. What about Lane Johnson, who... Missed three games uh, before, and everybody was like, why, why? And Lane Johnson cleared the air. He's dealing and he's dealt with depression and anxiety. So, right, reputable reason. But in the moment, you're like, huh? And this is how we are all wired. When we don't know, we don't sit still. We guess. We search everywhere, no matter where you go on Google, to find out why. And sometimes your Google takes you to some deep, dark places. I don't know if the rumor is true. You don't know if the rumor is true. And to me, because that one, if it is true, is so painful, can't go there. But I'm the king of levity. One thing about me is no matter what you bring to me, I'm going to laugh at it. I don't give a damn. I'm going to laugh at my pain. So we're going to go through this situation and just give you some other athletes that have missed time before for personal reasons or whatever it may be. And you find out the reason and you're like, are you serious? So hopefully I bring a smile to y'all face or at least Andrew Wiggins if you're watching this right now. All right, let's talk about Michael Taylor. Y'all know him? Me either. Oakland A's outfielder, right? He just learned to be more careful with his gum. Dude, missed a week of spring training games after tossing away some gum. And while he tossed it, 
he cut his pinky finger and hit it on the light fixture. You imagine missing the week of games because you try to throw your gum away and cut your finger? That was hilarious. Jose Cardinal, you know who he is? Me either. All right. He was missing because he said he couldn't blink. Y'all heard me. He said he couldn't blink. You imagine going to, hey, coach, I can't play today. Why? Can't blink. What? Now, it's the same dude who had missed a couple games before because he told his coach, I couldn't sleep last night. Coach said, why? Man, there were crickets in the hotel room. Kept me up all night. I don't know who he is, but he's hilarious. Ricky Henderson, we all know him. Oh, man. He passed out before with an ice pack on his ankle, causing him to get frostbite. And it was so bad he had to miss three games. You know what's crazy about that story? That happened to me before in Buffalo. I remember I came home from practice. I had a thigh bruise, right? So I had to stretch it, stretch it, stretch it. And then they said, put an ice pack on it. I was tired, burnt, not only from the rehab, but from the practice. Laying there in one of them craftmatic lazy boy things. It was vibrating, doing all this stuff. And I had my ice pack on my thigh. And I was like, oh, it just put me to sleep. I woke up like an hour or two later. And I was like, Oh, ice pack on me and immediately out of reflex, grabbed it to rip it off. And literally my whole thigh came with it. And I was like, oh, it was stuck. It stuck to my damn thigh. One of those, and you shouldn't use these. They say not on raw skin, but the ones you put in the freezer and then you can reuse. That sucker was stuck to my thigh. I had to wait for it to thaw out and finally peeled it off. And to this day, I still got the thigh scar from that freezer burn. That was hilarious. Yes. What about Ian Stewart? Y'all remember him? Oh, man. He had a headbutt to the nose. And you're like, oh, I get that. That's, you know, that hurts, right? You get a headbutt to the nose. Missed a few days of spring training. Oh, he didn't tell everybody at first, but it was because his four-year-old daughter did it. So <laughs> that's something I can say right now. Araya just headbutts me, right? You imagine missing a few days because your daughter headbutts you? Hilarious. Chris Hansen. Oh, this one was crazy. I actually remember this one happened in Jacksonville. Uh, remember Jack Del Rio had that slogan that we're going to chop wood. And then he had an actual axe and a real axe and real wood in the locker room. Well, Chris Hansen took a swipe and missed. And on his non-kicking foot, took a little chunk of flesh with the axe. You imagine pregame this dude does this and that. Oh, man, silly. Uh, we got Nate Burleson. Oh, this is hilarious. All right, he broke his arm. All right, football players break their arm. What's new about that? He broke his arm because he got into a car accident trying to protect his pizza from sliding across the car <laughs> while he was driving home. <laughs> you imagine that? Like the car is swerving. He's trying to get the, the pizza, and then he crashes and breaks his arm. Got to go back to the facility. Oh, yeah, I broke my arm. I was trying to recover the pizza. Hilarious. Sammy Sosa, this is a crazy one, too. This dude sneezed at you and sneezed so hard he got back spasms. Sneezed so hard that he got back spasms and had to miss 15 days on the 15 day disabled list because of the back spasms that came from him sneezing. Huh? And this is my last one. I got to laugh at this one. Jeff Baker, Mr. Game for giving a high five. All right. Huh? No, he gave a high five that failed and he took a slap. His hands swelled up to the point where he couldn't grip the bat and had to miss the game because <laughs> of a high five going too hard or going hella wrong. Crazy, right? Man, I'm just saying all this because I'm hoping that Andrew Wiggins 
has some kind of reason, personal reason that none of us has thought about, but maybe can make this list. Cause I hope it doesn't make the other list. I hope it doesn't make the list what we've all heard in rumor. Cause boy, would that hurt. Woo! We about to get into this. I am laughing because Courtney is in my ear cracking up. She's like, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Oh, this topic just doesn't stop. It doesn't quit. Angel Reese reacts to Jill Biden, first lady, suck, wanting Iowa and LSU's women's basketball teams to visit the White House following the NCAA championship game. Mm. First lady Jill Biden, hashtag, according to ESPN, Jill spoke at the Colorado State Capitol in Denver and praised the University of Iowa's women's basketball team for their sportsmanship and congratulated both teams on their performance. Uh Uh-oh. I know we'll have the champions come to the White House. We always do. So we hope LSU will come, she said. But, you know, I'm going to tell Joe, I think Iowa should come too because they played such a good game. We'll get back to that. (laughs) Angel took to Twitter. She beat me, I guess, and beat y'all to it. (laughs) Angel said on Twitter, quote, a joke. The White House didn't respond to requests for comment about whether President Joe Biden would also extend a White House invite to Iowa. Reese also said, quote, we not coming, period. All right. All right. LSU, go ahead. Y'all can say we are, but go we not coming. (laughs) That still counts. All right. My lights are going crazy over here because it's a Blair Witch Project. Bear with me. Forget the lighting as long as y'all can see me and long as especially y'all can hear me. Let's talk about it. And then her teammate, Alexis Morris, on LSU said, quote, Michelle Obama, can we come celebrate our win at your house? (laughs) Oh, God. Y'all know where this is trending, but uh, let's unpack this properly. First, my first response was to Jill Biden. First lady, you were at the game. I wasn't even at the game. So you got a 3D, if not 4D, look at this game, right? Stop lying. Talking about this was such a great game. They lost by 17 points. That that game was over before the game was over, right? We all knew that, right? So I understand the whole great game kind of mantra in the same spirit. You always say good game to somebody after the game when you walk by in the handshake line. But we know that's BS. So we know that if you say that was a great game, that's probably BS. So what are you really trying to say? Why are you inserting the losing team into the winner's circle. I think people want to know that. So then they tried to clean it up, make it a grander invitation as they were talking through this. Um, She has some more quotes. Now, obviously, we know it's not normal for the losing team of a championship game to get invited to the White House. But Jill Biden thinks that the evolution of women's sports since Title IX was put in place 1972, makes this occasion different. Here we go, y'all. Quote, it was so exciting, wasn't it? She said, it was such a great game. I'm old enough that I remember when we got Title IX, okay? We fought so hard, right? We fought so hard. And look at where women's sports have come today. That's pulling on my heartstrings a little bit. I get y'all, right? You're like, I hear where she's coming from a little bit, but there's a lot bit that she ain't talking about. Let's talk about that. Now, to her point, LSU versus Iowa, that national championship game was the most watched women's college basketball game ever. I'm going to say it again, ever. 
Wow, 9.9 million viewers watched that game on average. Damn it. A couple of y'all could have watched that didn't watch, and they could have got to 10 million. But the point is 9.9 most watched ever. I love it. I love it. I love it. But let's let's get real. This is called Never Shut Up. So there are certain topics we don't talk about until we got some confirmation because they're just so salacious, right? Andrew Wiggins. But this one, oh, we're going to talk through it. I took this two ways. The first one was when pandering goes wrong, right? And we all know those panderers are out there. They're just saying something. They got an agenda. They think it's going to land properly. But really, it's coming from a selfish place. Let's talk about how she wanted to turn women's college national championship game and the winner and the loser into an invitation to a political pity party. This is one way she could have been thinking or playing this, right? We all know that she was talking about the University of Iowa from the state of Iowa, which is a swing state. If you want to go there, because this is the same state that voted for Obama, but didn't vote for Joe Biden. Mm. See, I do my homework, y'all. We're going to talk through this one, damn it. So I don't know if your rooting interest is really for a great game by those losers to come to the White House because it was such a great game. Look, I know Caitlin Clark's a monster, a beast, but that wasn't a great game. Or was it going to be great for you and your political aspirations next year in the election i don't know so it could have been a political pity party of pandering if i understand that politicians do that now you're gonna get caught in this one because you stepped into the hornet's nest you mess with this one because this one already had enough attention because of the celebration of angel reese and caitlin clark a couple games earlier right so you shouldn't have touched this one but it could be that version the pandering going wrong, or it could be this. Some are suggesting, hey, this is just another example of some form of racism. I was like, racism? Hmm. Jill Biden, Google search, Biden, racism. Oh, there are a lot of articles. Now, we're in a world of media where everybody can write everything. We get that. I think that's part of Angel Reese's issue right now. She keeps hearing how she's too hood, too ghetto. Well, that's in part because everybody can say anything now and everyone has a platform. So you gotta know how to separate the real from the fake per se. You gotta know who's really saying it and who's just talking trash from the basement of the mama's house, you know? You gotta know the difference, but it still lands on you. It could feel the same. Was this racial? Really? Like, oh, she wanted to invite Caitlin Clark and Iowa, largely white team, Caitlin Clark, white player, to the White House as a loser when no one gets invited to the White House, right? As a loser, but she's gonna make an exception for her. Why is she making an exception for her? Because it's Caitlin Clark. And then I said, eh, damn. So I started reading through the Biden's quote, unquote, racist history as they have online. I ain't going to go there on them. But they got some quotes out there. Um, I'm not going to go fully on them, but a couple of them do stand out. And a couple of them we do remember. You remember when in <laughs> President Biden was talking to Charlemagne, the guy, and he told him, uh, look, I'll tell you what. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. That hit a little different. That hit a little different. Um, 
In the past, he's praised some people who have supported segregation, even spoke at the funeral of a KKK member before, blah, blah, blah. Um, the most recent one they said was uh, Jill Biden, who said that <laughs> about the Latino community, uh, quote, as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. Now, I know what she was trying to say, just can't say it, but damn it, she went there. There's a longer list. I'm not going to go all the way into it. But the point is, people are trying to attach this to race because let's flip it. What if LSU would have lost? Is she still saying this was such a great game if LSU lost by 17? Would she still be saying, let's invite that team that lost, but they fought so hard to the White House when the majority of those players were black and the star of that player is black? Star of that team was black. Hey, ah. Uh, so we got two ways we could take this. The pandering, like, come on now. You're inviting the 17-point losers, <laughs> but they from Iowa. Uh, that swing state, the early swing state. Or, come on now, it's C3. We know what you're up to. It's crazy. Let me tell you my deepest response to this. If I were on LSU, if I'm watching my teammates tweet out, I don't like for one of us to speak for all of us. I'm telling y'all right now, if I won a championship game, I am going to the White House. Call me whatever you want. I'm not going to the White House necessarily because of the president. I'm not going necessarily because of the politics or the policies. I'm not even going for the people. I'm going for the prestige. It is the damn White House. Now, all those other things may be a part of it, but trust me, Ultimately, it's because it's the damn White House. You invite me to go to the Pentagon. Guess what? I'm going. I don't give a damn who the Secretary of Defense is. I'm like, yo, I'm going to the Pentagon. I'm about to see what the hell they know. Tell me about them UFOs. Because I'm the one that goes into the meeting. Oh, you can't go in there, Marcel. So I was like, is the door unlocked? Yes, I can. Hey, what y'all doing? <laughs> like, I'm, what they going to do? Shoot me? No, they going to just say, get out. And I'm like, I saw something in there. Point being, like, we are really trying to use athletics as this springboard into all these deep political and civil rights issues when really is it that deep? We all saw Caitlin Clark doing this. We've seen John Cena do this. We saw Tony Yayo do this. We saw Flavor Flav, thank y'all for correcting me, was the OG doing this, right? Yeah, boy, like doing this. Nobody owns that. And when you do that, all you're saying is you can't see me and somebody one day is going to come back to you and say, I saw you, right? That's all that happened with Angel Reese to Caitlin Clark. Simple as that. But they didn't do it the same way. And I think that's what's catching people. One, one's black, one's white. The white one did it first. She she will look at the girl at the three-point line, Louisville game, South Carolina. Girl, shoot, you can't shoot. All right, so everybody, like, she wants to smoke, and then finally she got to smoke. But here's the problem with comparisons. You're always comparing two things that are never the exact same things. No two acts, no two things are equal. Do y'all understand this? Even if they did the same thing, did they do it the same way? Now let's get into it. Did Kayla Clark do her thing the same way Angel Reese did her thing? Y'all know damn well she didn't. And this is not to attack anybody, but Angel Reese gave the remix extended version of something that Caitlin Clark did originally, right? All right, that's it. But then it takes a life of its own. It goes into the racial conversation. It goes into how when a white person does it, it gets judged this way versus when a black person does it. 
But did they do the exact same thing? That's where you have to always level out a conversation from the beginning. People don't do that. I get caught up in so many discussions when the premise that we're starting from is uneven. So therefore, we're going to have different responses. Y'all get this? Not black or white. Did they do the exact same thing? The answer is always going to be no. So if you didn't do it the exact same way, you're not going to get the exact same response. Now, in this situation, we know it took a life of its own. But I would want to go to the White House. You imagine now being on LSU's team and you're one of those other players that actually want to go to White House. Like, look, I get what you're saying, Angel. I get how they coming at you. I get what you're saying, Alexis. But can we put that to the side or can we go and address that there? But now the pressure, the culture for that team is don't go or else you're a sellout or else you bucking what we talking about or else you ain't with us. That's kind of messed up. And then Iowa, come on, y'all know y'all ain't going to the White House. Y'all know y'all just shouldn't go. Even the press secretary came out and was like, um, Jill really just meant how far women's sports has come. And she just wanted to open invitation to both parties. Oops, <laughs> kind of that in terms of a retraction. All that said, man, uh, this is a lot for just a team winning the championship game, having the most viewers ever. It should be a little more of a joyful, joyous moment. But instead, it seems like we are going deep with this one. And let's go. I'm here for it if you guys want to hear it. I'm looking forward to some of the comments. I'm looking forward to our interaction because I'm never here. I'm never here to talk to you or at you, but with you. So, Hopefully uh, they clear this one up. Hopefully LSU goes. I want them to go, like for real. And it's weird because no one wanted to go to Trump when Trump was in office because they're like, ah, oh, he's a racist. And now y'all going to say Joe, uh, Joe Biden's a racist. Okay, but that was reported before he got elected. So then it's liberal, conservative, both racist, Republican, Democrat, both racist. Is everybody racist? <laughs> I raise my hand. I am not. <laughs> Let's get to it. Apparently, everyone's racist. The White House is just racist. Until they change it to the black and white house or until they change it to some other name, it is just the home of racism. Y'all got to get this one straight. But help me, because right now, I don't know if these players really are thinking straight or knowing which way is up. Let's get to it. All right. Every show ends with a Y-L-E-ism. My voice is better. Hey. See, Hawaii in this air, this humidity, let me hit them notes. Anger is the enemy of instruction. Oh, I like this one. Phil Jackson hit me to this. He was like, yo, come here, Wiley. Here's a book. Bye. <laughs> what do you mean? Zen master, tell me more. He said, anger is the enemy of instruction. I was like, oh, thank you. Oh, man. You know, the real of it is you ain't learning a lot when you're burning hot. Mm -mm -mm. You're not learning a lot when you're burning hot. You got that emotional cloud, right? And that anger, woo, that's a vibration. It's a high one too, right? It's a high one in terms of how it consumes you, but it's a low one in terms of what you're going to do in response. Oh, it's going to sap you of your energy and it's going to sap you of your intelligence as well because you're going to be leaning into your emotional state and not into your cognitive state, right? Your logic going out the window because your emotions are scat. <clears throat> Goody mob. Man, crazy. Who hasn't been hot 100? I get these flashes. Tell me if y'all get these. And I don't know if it's because I'm a football player or it's just because I'll be going there. I go to that special place sometimes. I can get so excited or so mad that I'm like, Ugh. like it's like I feel hormones and juices and like David, David Banner, right? 
Like, is it David Banner? It's Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. I got it wrong twice. Bruce Banner, David Banner. How many rappers I'm going to quote, quote wrong? It's Bruce Banner. And I feel like I'm going to turn into the Hulk. Oh, breathe, brother. And that breath, oh, that gift of life, ah, calms me down and gets me to that mental place where I can actually make proper decisions and see things clearly. But anger is the enemy of instruction. Whatever, I'm pissed, hot, don't talk to me. <laughs> and that's why I try my damnness to control my mindset and control my mind state. Because if not, when I'm burning hot, oh, I know one thing. I'm a dummy because I ain't learning a lot. All right. That's going to do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. today! You want to keep the conversation going? I know you do. Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. That's right. More to it. Is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcel Swally. That's me, that dude. Paul Anderson and Nick Panella. Ah, Marcel Swally. Thanks for listening. Thanks for those reviews. Keep them coming, man. I read every single one of them reviews. All what I got. 182 of them. <laughs> Something crazy. Um, I love y'all, man. There's more coming from more to it. Talk to you hella soon. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the back seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.